All right, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where I help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, I'm your host, and today is episode 66. In honor of Thanksgiving, we're going to talk all about pie today. It's a week late, but it's never too late to talk about pie, right? We're going to discuss a name that has become synonymous with pie in the culinary world. Yes, folks, today we're going to talk about the real Marie Callender. Before I dive into my episode today, I wanted to give thanks for all of you who have found the show, who are listening to this right now. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and leave an honest review. It really does help find uh, help people find the show, and it's much appreciated. So last year at Thanksgiving, I was going to be all alone for the big day. My parents were out of town visiting siblings back east, and I was going to have my son in the morning, and then he was going to be with his mom in the afternoon. I had grand ambitions for cooking a massive Thanksgiving feast complete with multiple different types of pie. Unfortunately, my turkey day was postponed because my turkey didn't thaw in time, and I wanted to watch football more than I wanted to cook, so I had a dilemma. I wanted pie, but I didn't want to put in the effort to make that pie from scratch. Thankfully, Marie Callender came to the rescue. Every Thanksgiving, frozen Marie Callender pies are on sale. You can't buy ingredients to make a pie from scratch as cheap as just buying the pre-made deal. This year, I did a little bit better. <laughs> My wife and I love to cook and bake, However, we scaled back our pie ambitions to two pies, one pumpkin and one halpia pie. If you have never had halpia pie, you're really missing out. Halpia pie is a glorious creation from the islands of Hawaii. You make an amazing coconut pudding, mix a portion of that coconut pudding with chocolate, and make Layers in the pie shell. You have a layer of the chocolate coconut pudding and then top it with plain coconut pudding and then finish it off with whipped cream on top. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. The other pie we wanted to make was pumpkin pie. Now, I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin pie, but my wife is. So instead of buying these pies, we knew we'd have to make them from scratch. However, Our cooking ambitions outgrew the time we had available for the project. We had my son in the morning and early afternoon, so we wanted to make sure he was here for an early Thanksgiving dinner. We once again called on my good friend Marie. The freezer aisle in the grocery store was more than happy to supply some Marie Callender's pie crusts. And we were able to bake them and fill them with pumpkin pie filling and the halpia fillings. Uh, once again, Marie came to the rescue. As I was thinking about this Thanksgiving-ish episode, I knew I had to talk about pie. However, I've already done a deep dive on the history of pie. What more is there to say? And that's when I knew I had to research and talk about Marie Callender. Believe it or not, Marie Callender was actually a real person. Her life is a perfect picture of the American dream. She was born in 1907 in South Dakota. She grew up in a poor but hardworking family. 
And when she was young, they moved from South Dakota to California to search for better economic opportunities. In 1924, Marie married Cal Callender. At the young age of 17, (laughs) both Marie and Cal were actually 17 at the time they got married. They had one son whose name was Donald. In their early years as a family, things were very tight financially. They would work multiple jobs and long hours just to make ends meet. There always seemed to be a little bit more month than paycheck. Once Donald was in school, Marie hatched a plan to bring in additional money. At the time, they were living in the Long Beach, California area, and she answered a local ad for a position in a delicatessen. She worked hard in the deli preparing salads and simple hot meals. The owner eventually opened a snack bar, and he asked Marie if she would bake pies for his snack bar. (laughs) The oven that he had was not the correct type for baking pies, and the result was Marie and her mother began baking pies at home in their own kitchen. Her pies were popular, and the snack bar business boomed. However, the work was physically demanding. She'd work long hours producing pies for her boss and his business. She wasn't getting the financial compensation that she thought she would, so she announced to her boss that she was quitting. Her boss didn't want to lose the high-quality pies that she'd been pumping out, so he convinced her to open her own business selling pie. He assured her if she did that, that he'd be a loyal and steady customer. So Marie took the plunge and opened her own business. They were so strapped for cash that they sold their family car to get the funds needed to open up. Once they had paid some bills, they had $700 to fund their dream. They purchased an old oven and three rolling pins and then rented a small hut in the Long Beach area. And they launched wholeheartedly into the pie business. Marie, Cal, and Don all spent long, grueling hours in the business. To keep up with demand, Cal would bake pies all night. He would then shower, eat breakfast, and deliver pies all day long. Don eventually dropped out of college to assist the family business. Now, I love multi-generational family businesses, and I've interviewed several over the course of this podcast. One thing that has always been apparent, each generation puts their stamp on the business. They leave their mark. Before Don took on a more active role in the business, it was growing painfully slow. In 1962, the business had evolved into a small pie and coffee shop, and it was called Marie Calendars. The calendars were racing to establish their business before they went bankrupt every month trying to sell just enough pies to keep the door open. People love the pies, but for one reason or another, it just wasn't catching on. Don felt at his core that they needed more word-of-mouth business, and they needed this business to be repeat customers. So he had a brilliant idea that really seemed to turn things around quite dramatically. They began to offer a free slice of pie and a cup of coffee to all first-time customers. 
<laughs> the line outside of Marie Callender's was three blocks long during the first few days of this wildly successful promotion. The customers loved the pie and became longtime customers as a result. Another brilliant idea that proved to be a hit with customers was the placement of the pie oven. Marie placed the oven where customers could see it from the window on the street. Customers could walk by and watch pie come in and out of the oven, and it gave them a sense of ownership or participation in the baking process. I can really relate to this. There's a chicken place down the street, and they have a massive rotisserie oven in their window, and I can watch flames lick the beautifully seasoned chickens from my car as I pass by. It makes me want chicken every time I pass that place. It's a brilliant idea. In 1964, the calendars began to sell soup and sandwiches in addition to pie and coffee. This led to the next phase of rapid growth and expansion for the business. The calendars, they made a great team. Don was incredibly skilled at marketing and found a way to get the word out without having a massive marketing budget. His ideas seemed to boost the business tremendously. Marie was also obsessive about the quality of their products, especially the pie. And instead of going bankrupt, they built an empire worth millions. In 1986, Marie told a reporter, everybody predicted we go broke, but we outlived them all. So we knew we had something better. The chain continued to grow with almost no money spent on advertising. Don wanted, again, word of mouth to be the vessel for growth. It was a strategy that proved successful again and again. Marie continued to head up quality control even after she retired. She would continue to eat in the restaurants every now and then. I'm picturing this old lady going in, uh, sitting down, having a meal, no one really understanding who they are. And then she goes and gives Don an earful of all the things that she experienced that were going wrong. Uh, she'd report any substandard quality issues with the food or pie to Don, who was the CEO of the family business. Cal Callender died in 1984. And at this point, Marie was living in a retire retirement home and no longer involved in the business. Don began shopping for buyers for the business. In 1985, they had 119 restaurants throughout California and 11 other states. The business boasted annual sales of $180 million. Now, that's incredible when you think how they struggled with that $700 to get started and make ends meet month to month. In 1986, Ramada Inns purchased Marie Callender's Pie Shops Incorporated for $90 million in cash and stocks. Don Callender was retained as the CEO as part of the deal. Marie Callender died in a nursing home in Laguna Hills on November 11, 1995. She left a business and a legacy that's still a household name to this day. And it's incredible what a fearless attitude and hard work accomplished for the Calendar family. 
Now I want to speak briefly about the grocery store business. We all know that Marie Callender's is a brand found on various shelves in the grocery store. They have some different soup brands, and then they also have a variety of frozen uh, meals in the freezer. Conagra Foods purchased the licenses for several products in 1994 for $140 million. And personally, I I feel these meals are some of the best that I've had among the various brands. They really are almost the only game in the frozen pie arena. Just this past Sunday, my family ate a couple of their pies for a post-Thanksgiving meal. They're consistently great and an easy alternative to baking one from scratch. (laughs) I can't say enough good things about pie. I, I just absolutely love it. I hope you enjoy learning something about the legendary Marie Callender. If you like what you heard, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you get your shows and tell a friend about the podcast. It's really, again, the goal is to get more people listening, more reviews on the on the podcast so that we pop up more in, in the search results. You can check us out at ToastyKettle.com where we post recipes as well as show notes. Until next week.